0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Marsh Minutes. And on this episode, I'm here with my friend Matt Pfeiffer, uh, aka Bald Prairie hey, Real everyone. Estates. And uh, he also is uh, the owner. And uh, I guess, are you the only realtor at Matt Pfeiffer Realtor for now?
1: Yeah, it's just me. I work for Royal Page, but uh, just by myself, no team, just me.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, so uh, real estate guy, uh, you also have a uh, YouTube channel. You do a lot of education and just uh, social content. So we're going to talk about that. But I do just want to talk about real estate. And and we actually, we chatted a little bit before too about uh, kind of the necessity of a real estate agent because like I can really go off and buy a house on my own, right? There's nothing stopping me other than the headache
1: that I'm going to have. Yep. My job I feel is to provide... Experience, knowledge and convenience. Uh, You can absolutely buy a house on your own. My job is to help you with the experience part in terms of what to expect, kind of how the process is gonna go. Knowledge wise, hey, here's what we're seeing in the market or here's things you need to look for in a house. And convenience is getting uh, stuff done when we need to get it done on time and getting you set up with the right people.
0: Well, and the right people is uh, like, uh, you know, obviously a real estate agent and having your real estate agent for the buying and the selling aspect of it, uh, but also a mortgage broker and things that I didn't even know, like uh, making sure that lawyers are involved, uh, making sure that uh, home inspections there. And and there's several levels to home inspection,
1: too, at some points. Yeah. You want to build that team around you. You want to have great home inspector, great lawyer. Uh, You're probably going to need additional, whether it's for plumbing, like sewer wise, electrical inspections, uh, those types of things. And then also insurance guy, because buying house is fantastic. Now you got to get your insurance in place. So there's a whole bunch of things, you know, build that team around you so that you make sure you're protected and taken care of on all ends.
0: Um, and you do specifically residential and, and we actually had a friend of mine and a friend of ours, actually a mutual friend, Danny Jones, who does uh, specifically residential. Um, so, so what's, what's the difference there? Like, why can't you guys both do the same thing?
1: Uh, so well in Saskatchewan, we are licensed in all three. That's actually a requirement. I was the first class that had to do that, but we've all kind of specialized. So Danny takes care of commercial. I do residential, um, very different disciplines, I guess. Sorry, you said
0: three. You only mentioned two. What's the third oh, one? Farm, I oh, okay. a federal farm in there. Okay. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's your three different disciplines for real estate. And uh, so I, I do residential. That's I feel my bread and butter. What I have the most knowledge in. And in residential, you're for the most part trying to find people a house where they're going to raise their family or start their family, that type of thing. Uh, whereas obviously, Danny, on the commercial side of things, more businesses. Uh, the finances are far more important than that. Not that they're not in residential, but there's a lot of other aspects to it that matter for residential.
0: Well, so Danny um, came uh, from being a bass player and a musician to uh, becoming a real estate agent. Uh, what weird yep. profession did you do before that?
1: Uh, so my weird story about why I got into real estate is I've been in the business for over 10 years now, or this is year 10, I should say, sorry. But I like to joke that I've got a lifetime in it because my dad's been in the business Uh, for about 40 years now. And his idea of daycare when I was a kid was to take me to open houses and to showings. I think he was just too cheap to pay for daycare. So I have been going to open houses, show everything else when it comes to real estate appointments, the whole works, uh, quite literally since I was a toddler. And uh, so after university, I actually transitioned straight into real estate.
0: And that didn't like turn you off of it at all. You're like, I'm gonna do this, This this is my jam now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, you know what, in, uh, for a while I wanted to do my own thing and I uh, played a lot of football and that was what I was doing through university and before that, but uh, the, you know, got to the point where I kind of settled down a little bit and went, hey, I, I know what this business is all about. I've got a lot more experience and I can bounce a lot of ideas off my dad to do those types of things. So that was a huge advantage I think I had. So even when I was starting off, I could typical, it, yeah, it's only my first couple of years in the business but I've got a whole wealth of knowledge I can lean on.
0: Okay. So then we can go back to the football thing because you know, that's a lot like yep. how Danny was with, uh, with uh, bass and music is, is there's so many parallels that even talking to you about um, coaching and playing and how that um, goes right into your business philosophy or how you kind of deal with clients or how you uh, value relationships, which is I think is one thing that you value more than a lot of uh, aspects
1: yeah relationships are, are hugely important a lot of my good friends came from football and uh the game gave me an awful lot it allowed me to tour the country uh get my university education everything like that and the ability or the skills i learned there in terms of hard work discipline i think football is best more than anything else at teaching delayed gratification you spend typically a week practicing to play one game In a long season, you might play 10 or 11 games, most sports you're playing a lot more than that. So learning to enjoy the grind and put your nose down and working and expecting results to take time to come is something I learned from the game. And then of course, the relationships, having friends all across the country, but even within the city, just knowing people and them having trust in me from whether it's playing with these guys or now that I coach a lot in the city, I coach a lot of different football teams and so I see people each and every single day. It allows me to network. It's not why I coach, but it sure gets me in front of people and in the community.
0: So where were you on the field before, you know, you're on the side of the field now coaching? Where, where were you? What was your position? What did you do?
1: I was a wide receiver when I played.
0: Okay. So you still got quick feet and quick thinking? Still got
1: some quick feet. I got one or two good reps left to me. It's been a while since I put the pads on, but yeah, I can probably get one or two good reps still.
0: And um, so... You're still coaching. How long are you going to be coaching for? Because, like, a lot of people, as soon as they're kind of done with their stuff, they're, <laughs> I'm done high school, I'm done university, I don't ever want to touch the sport again. But you're like, you have a profound love for this game.
1: I do. Um, football gave me an awful lot in life. Like I said, metal and my friends, my education. Uh, I ended up actually meeting my wife because of the decisions I made from football that they got us in the same place at the same time, type of thing. But I said, okay, all these coaches have gone out of their way. To give me their time. You know, they're away from their families. They could be with their kids, but they're they are with me when I was a kid and they don't get paid in, in Saskatchewan and in Canada. You're not gonna get paid as a coach unless you're coaching typically a university and usually a head coach at university level. So high school coaches, minor coaches, even junior coaches, they might get paid a very small amount, definitely not enough to make a living on. And so they give me all that time. And I said, okay, I played uh, 10 years of, of football. I wanted to get back at least two years for every year I gave back. So my goal was 20 years and uh, I'm doing pretty well. I started at 17 years old coaching a uh, little six year old kid flag football and I'm now 35 years old. So I put some good time in the game, but I got a few more years left.
0: And uh, so football going to real estate, like what's the biggest uh, parody for for that? And, and what's the biggest lesson that you took and you apply
1: um, you only get one. You only get to pick
0: one. <laughs> you'll only get one.
1: Okay. Working under pressure then. Okay. Uh, you know, football wise, you've got a lot of high pressure moments and it's a very start stop game, you know, go on to the next play type of thing. Uh, very much real estate with that. It can be very high pressure and getting used to, okay, going from one task to the next kind of compartmentalizing things and, and being able to isolate pressure situations and moving on.
0: That makes sense because you don't really seem like a dude that runs into a lot of, or you don't, you don't seem like you're pressured a lot. You're pretty.
1: Uh, well, there was one lesson my dad took away. He says, you ever look at a duck swimming in the water? On the top of the water, it looks graceful, nothing's wrong. But underneath the legs could be doing this, kicking like crazy. He goes, so be a duck.
0: Okay. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but um, I know that there was enough stress for you to lose all your hair,
1: right? <laughs> yep the, the business made me pull my hair out um I've actually had alopecia I've had it since I was a kid uh first time I lost my hair I was in grade two and I actually as a kid only had alopecia just on my head so I'd lose my hair would fall out come back uh, I've actually had every color of hair except for red hair and maybe one day I'll get lucky and be a ginger but <laughs> yeah he was in grade three or grade four I had like silver gray hair like an old man but uh yeah I've kind of had it all and then In 2008, I went from having long hair because it all grew back when I was in high school and I had a mullet down to my name bar and then in about 60 days, it all fell out and I've lost my hair head to toe.
0: Well, you save a lot on uh, haircuts, I guess, then, right?
1: Haircuts, razors, shampoo, all (laughs) that kind of stuff. You can shower in about three minutes flat.
0: (laughs) Well, I have had that, like I got a buzzed haircut right now and, and I don't have as much hair as I used to when I was a kid, but uh, um, no, I definitely envy you a lot of the time. Like I, I remember having long hair and then having short yep. hair. And then as soon as you buzz it off or cut it off, you go into the shower and then you do that thing where you're like doing the big slick back and you're trying to like get as much up before you go to the shower and you're like, Ooh, Oh, Hey, there's nothing, there's nothing here. In I forgot there. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so yep. And and you you leaned into the alopecia um, and kind of made yep. it your brand. Uh, you have a YouTube channel called Bald Prairie Real Estate. Um, yep. And uh, I didn't have the icon on here, but we're going to have a link down below. And uh, I I'll see how the the thumbnail works out after this. I might put both you and your your avatar up. But you got a whole brand around uh, you know using that <laughs> to your advantage, right?
1: Yeah, and that the genesis of that was just a serendipitous thing where all of a kind of light bulb moment clicked on me um just thinking about the fact okay there's the bald side of me and i got to lean into that that is what i am i can't change that so we might as well work with it and of course we've all heard the term of saskatchewan being described as the bald prairie so i figured it was a great play on words a bald guy from saskatchewan talking about real estate and that's kind of where the name came from
0: okay so i'm, I'm gonna probably out myself uh, for being really ignorant here but i've never actually heard bald prairie can you explain that to me
1: Just the whole idea that there's a whole lot of nothing here in Saskatchewan. It's pretty flat and desolate at times. And so that's the term I've heard a lot, the the bald prairie, to describe the province. Um, and I just thought it was a great way to, to play the two together. Well,
0: I just thought it was good branding. I didn't know that it was actually, you know, coming at it from two angles. That's awesome. No, I like, I I love it. And I love the, uh, the channel you have and, um, the, the benefit, uh, that you also bring to, and I think you have to do this when you're anyone who's kind of working with the public or talking to people a lot, you're, you're a very positive, upbeat guy who, um, you know, finds a lot of humor in, in everything really.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I try to uh, start off every one of the videos with a terrible joke. So I I get fans to send me jokes. I just actually had a a person reached out to me, they wanted to have me be their agent here in town. And they started the email off with a terrible joke that I'm actually going to use in a future video. So I'm not going to tell you that one. But it is pretty good. And I don't know where again, that started from, I just decided to tell a terrible joke on camera, maybe to kind of relax myself. But I do it now every time and yeah I'm a super upbeat positive guy I try to find generally the best in every situation um and just carry that on under the camera in in my videos well
0: I think and you've identified this already I think you know it's going to take you far um how many jokes do you have like stored then do you have like a notepad or a a little I do actually
1: have a notepad uh that being said I do if you go on Facebook uh there's bad dad jokes I believe is the page they come up with some absolute zingers so I've used a few of theirs for sure.
0: Oh, well, okay. I'll, I'll watch out for those more. Um, oh, you said fans though. Uh, yep. So how many subscribers do you have right now on Bald Prairie Real Estate?
1: About 8,300 right now.
0: 8,300, that's crazy. Yep. And then how many uh, uh, views are you getting per episode or per video? It's all over
1: the place. Uh, monthly, I typically average about 25 000 to 30,000 views a month.
0: So you literally have fans where you're a bald guy talking about real estate.
1: Yep. And And there's a core group that you see continuously. They always comment. I know they're always watching. And sometimes I even try to craft things in my videos for them. I know that they're going to want certain pieces of information, uh, that type of thing. So I've always kind of tried to put a little bit of nugget of something in there that only the people that are really regularly watching, would kind of pick up on.
0: Well, we in the industry actually call that audience engagement. So it's, you know, you're thinking (laughs) about this stuff without really thinking about it too. Um, And so like, you know, break down the demographics for me. How many people would you say are uh, interested in real estate watch you uh, because they think you're entertaining or how many people are like new home buyers? Um, Where do you see that breakdown?
1: Well, the analytics I've got on my end show that the vast majority of my audience is 25 to 45 years old. And that was, I think, partially because of my age. What works, but also that is the people that are looking online for information about buying houses. That's your millennial type generation. And the studies that I've read uh, from Royal LePage, for example, a few other different things I've read talked about how that generation really likes to look stuff up online. They typically spend a couple of months online looking at things, whether it's looking at houses, cars, whatever, and then they engage a professional. And usually with the buyers that I deal with, it's they've been looking online. They've probably got four or five houses they already want to see. Then they've whether they've uh, you know reached out to family and said, hey, I'm ready to buy a house now. Who do I talk to? Or they've just looked up somebody and said, I want to talk to him. So that's, I think, why my audience is the age it is, because that's what they're doing. They're looking online for information.
0: So if I was to break down how you're kind of deciding on uh, what. Uh, content to put up or, you know, what topics about videos, how often do you, instead of brainstorming on your own, think about uh, questions that your current clients have asked you um, or uh, concerns that they've brought up to you of, oh, I can't afford a house because of this, or, um, you know, what, what does a yard mean for my property taxes? You know, I'm just pulling stuff off, you know, top of my head there.
1: <laughs> so it started off originally, the, the channel was just doing videos of topics that I thought were really important in the process of buying a house. And I've done, I do market updates because I think those are important as well. If people know what's going on in the market. It's a lot more data driven on that one. And then I have people that would ask questions. Hey, can you tell me about this? And a lot of times I've went, oh, that's that's a great idea. And i write them down. I have a giant list of about 40 or 50 different questions. And some of them all get rolled into one video. Or a series of videos, but it's kind of uh, letting the fans tell me as well what they're interested in and combined with even real world experiences. Oh, you know, this is a new thing that has come up in the market or something that's changed. We should talk about it
0: uh so what do you have in terms of like future content or subjects that you want to touch on uh, i didn't see a whole lot of like react videos and you know there's always these doctors react to medical scenes and stuff i don't know how many real estate agents <laughs> well, I'm react actually to real doing estate one of those right now oh
1: <laughs> yep uh i'm doing one there was a, a recent cbc video that came out talking about the real estate industry so i have got that a reaction video to that but no that's not typically my content um I try to uh, craft all my content. I actually put on the top of all my scripts that I write, who is this video for? And I try to envision the person that is going to watch this, what situation are they in in life? What types of questions would they want to have answered? What's important to them? So that's kind of how I craft it. I do plan out my videos typically a couple of months in advance. It's on my list for this weekend to plan out a few more months worth of content but I try to plan them out so that they'll also make sense that they'll work together and I can talk maybe overarching about a topic and then break it down in some separate videos later on.
0: Uh, Well, the ones I'm talking about are uh, where they kind of take pop cultures or movies and they go, Oh, that's unrealistic. Or I do it this way. Um, There's a lawyer one that I watch uh, legal legal and uh, Dr. Mike for the, the uh, doctors, but I don't think there would be a way for you to break down a big dramatic scene and, uh, talk about the falsehoods well, of that.
1: <laughs> I thought, because it's a guilty pleasure of breaking down Selling Sunset. I thought Selling that could be kind of fun. What's, what's Selling that? Sunset's on Netflix. Okay. And it's a real estate show where they're ultra, ultra luxury stuff. Oh. So like, you know, seven to $20 million properties type of thing, which is of course a whole different uh, ball of wax. And obviously we do with their The first episode or second episode in the series, they have this monster house. I think it's 40 million or something like that is what it's gonna be worth is this a real and, house or is this uh, a drama real house okay gotcha. real it's real real brokerage everything but the owner of the the brokerage says to his agents phone all of your clients that have a net worth of 250 million dollars or more or something like that and i'm going okay if i didn't make like a list of people that have a net worth of 250 million dollars or more that list would be very small yeah <laughs>
0: Well, you know, and and how how do you know too? Like, I, I know you have a yep. good idea of how much your clients make, or you know what kind of industry they're in. But like, you know, do you just phone <laughs> up someone like, "Hey, you got me a couple million dollars to spare"?
1: <laughs> yeah, and obviously that's a, a whole different ball game. That type of real estate is just it's super cool to watch. I think as a viewer, because I think if you get to do one on you know buying houses in Regina at two hundred fifty thousand dollars, it wouldn't be nearly as exciting or glamorous as. You know, like they do cocktail parties at night just to show off the house at night. Um, not sure how many people would come to a cocktail party for a $250,000 house in Walsh Acres in Regina. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, uh, I know that uh, one thing you could do is um, I could see you dressed to the nines, neon clothes hip-hop clothing you got some kanye glasses although he's known as just yay now he's changed yeah, his name. Ye, I don't know yep. if you know. yeah so yeah um, we got to get it right <laughs> yeah there you go so so you get some yay glasses on or were they kanye because that's when he wore them but uh anyway and you, you know come in with the uh the tilted camera and have a big old hey welcome to uh yqr cribs <laughs> and do one that way <laughs> i would love to see that i'd love to see you try to keep a straight face through the whole thing
1: well, there was one video. I don't know if you'd seen it yet. I, I don't do a ton of house videos, but we did one with this where the sellers kind of just said, do what you want, have some fun with it. And myself and a videographer, uh, from here in town, we kind of went to town on this one and we wrote the script and we probably laughed more than we recorded on that video. And there's a lot of little side stories on that, that, uh, get pretty entertaining on the creation of that video.
0: Well, how long ago was this and did that house sell?
1: It was this spring and yes, the house did sell. Um, I think I caused up more of a stir in the neighborhood of people really unsure of what we were doing when we shot that video.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's that crazy. Well, um, Well, I won't
1: spoil it, but let's just say there's a scene there where I'm on the deck sun tanning and I don't have a lot of clothes. And more than a few neighbors saw that and were really questioning what type of video we were making at the time.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So you're going to link or you're going to send me that specific video. I'm going to put that in the description so they can watch that one (laughs) specifically. It was a fun one. Well, so, and you're having fun with this. That's the
1: kind of the whole point here. Yeah.
0: Um, And I I think there's a lot of people like, uh, for me, content is the hardest thing to get my clients to work on. Um, and the first thing they got to do, and this is easier said than done is try to find something that is going to be fun for them to do, because that's going to be the most relevant content. That's going to be the content that's easy for for them to put out.
1: Yep. Uh, I think the hardest thing was for me to do the first time, hit the record button, just sitting in front of a camera and actually doing it. And there's times I've kind of caught myself where I go, why am I making this video? Am I doing it to get views or am I doing it? because i enjoy it it's something that i find fun or i'm passionate about uh, i tried every video to try a new technique or do something different because that's just the nerdy side of me trying to do that but um i've taken the approach now the video will be out when it's out uh, as much as i do want to get content out regularly i don't want to be kind of a slave to making sure every week i put out a video every two days whatever the schedule you want to set is it for me it was just when the video is ready and obviously there's time sense of stuff you still have to have timelines but don't force it and have fun and enjoy it. And there's times I've reshot stuff because I, I don't think that's a good video. You can tell I wasn't enjoying it. So shelf that one and try to rejig it.
0: And uh, you're finding these uh, videos have benefited your uh, business, correct?
1: They have a uh, couple of big benefits. One, I talk to people better now. Uh, I know I do. I can explain material better because I've sat and rehearsed it you know, in front of a camera. I've done these conversations over and over again. And I'm researching lots of things. So I'm more knowledgeable and can explain more to my clients about different things. Um, and because I had to go out and research things, it, it drives me to learn more about whether it's mechanical systems in a house or markets or even kind of market strategies you see in other markets that you don't see in ours.
0: Um, and and uh, benefiting from like exposure, is there that as well?
1: Yep. I definitely got exposure out of it. Um, I've had people where I've emailed them or called them and they said, are you that guy from YouTube? And that <laughs> to me, I was like, oh my God, that's the like, did I just make it moment where somebody recognized me as somebody on YouTube? Uh, that was kind of a cool moment. My wife jokes with me though, that I'm not allowed to call myself a YouTuber until I have a hundred thousand subscribers. So we got a ways to go there, but then I'm officially allowed to say that she said.
0: So you're a YouTuber that way. Well,
1: so what are you going to be a YouTuber first and a real estate agent next or? <laughs> that to me, like, it seems so foreign to even get that number. I mean, even when I started, I was like, wow, if I ever got to a thousand subscribers, like that would be so cool. Like nobody's ever going to watch my videos. Um, you know, even the first time a video, I remember when it got a hundred views and then a thousand views, I was just like, you know, this is crazy. And I've got a couple now that I've got over 50,000 views. I haven't had one that's over a hundred thousand yet. That would be the next big milestone is one single video that gets a hundred thousand views.
0: Well, uh, talking about barrier to entry, um, what did you know going into videos and, and making nothing. This stuff? Nothing at all.
1: Absolutely nothing. I do not come from a video background, a photo background, nothing at all. My first videos were shot on an iPhone. Uh, I think it was my iPhone 10 that I started shooting on. Um, maybe my 11. I can't remember. But uh, should it seen on an iPhone? And then my wife used to sit behind the camera with a whiteboard <laughs> with all my notes. And I quickly figured out, okay, we got to be better because I need to be able to do this on my own. Uh, my wife can't sit there. And honestly, it was almost harder when she was sitting there because when I screw up, she'd give me a funny face and then you're not focused anymore, but yeah. And then I've slowly upgraded my equipment over time, but a ton of my videos were shot on iPhone. Some of the ones that still have a ton of views were shot with some pretty basic, uh, equipment. I started in iMovie cutting things up and moved down to Final Cut Pro now, but, um, I started from nothing.
0: Well, and, uh, you're done learning now though, right? You've, you've, (laughs)
1: i I love it because i'm a nerd i'm a tech nerd at heart um i buy equipment that you know i don't even need like this right now we've got a pretty nice lens in front of this camera and unless you're really maybe looking for it you probably wouldn't notice the difference between this video and the ones i shot with an older lens you would know the difference with the iphone for sure but um the different lens perspectives and stuff most people aren't going to notice that, but I do. And I find that entertaining. I,
0: I, um, I definitely know that you put a lot of, uh, production quality and, uh, I, I commend you for it. It's, uh, it's definitely better uh, than most of my production quality too. Cause I'm starting this <laughs> later than you started your stuff. Um, and you kind of just have to go do, you know, Yep. which I guess leads yeah, me to just, my next, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh uh, yeah. I was just going to say that leads me to my next thing of, um, you know i know what i tell people all the time which is just go do it in terms of getting your own content done but what's what's your advice for someone to just kind of take the next step and start producing content like this for their business
1: hardest parts hit and record your first videos will suck they will be terrible and that's okay um i keep my old videos up my first one and they are awful good absolutely awful but i do it to remind myself how far i've come I often will screenshot them and, you know, put a screenshot of a video I took from two years ago to one from today. And you can see the difference, how dramatic it is, but you know, how much better the audio is and like that. Um, they're going to suck. Just accept it that your f- first videos will not be good. And even the content that I create today that I probably think is really good. I bet you in two or three years ago, that was terrible. Like, you know, maybe I'll decide this lighting scheme that I've got right now was a God awful idea and I should have never done it, but you live and learn. Yeah. Oh, and the internet is mean you'll learn that too. Yeah. At least for me, I get a lot of, um, interesting comments. We'll, we'll just say that. I tend to Uh, ignore
0: a lot of comments whenever they're, um, you know, these, I'm a sucker
1: for punishment. I like engaging with them and seeing how far we'll go.
0: Yeah. What do they call you bald?
1: (laughs) Oh, I've had that a lot. Um, (laughs) you know, uh, realtors sometimes get some not very nice names thrown at them. So I get dealt with that a lot. Um, especially last year when it looked like the world was going to turn upside down, oh. um, a lot of people said, you know, start looking for a new job. Uh, the party's over. That was a, a famous one that I got a lot parties over, get a new job type of thing. Um, those people are really quiet now. They don't seem to beak at me as much anymore.
0: Yeah. I think they're looking for jobs. Probably
1: <laughs> that, that could be, or just, <laughs> you know, it's really hard to say, uh, after obviously the last year and a half, what's gone on in the market. um, we're all doing pretty good here
0: well and and i know you yeah, have been able to hang out and spend some time with you in the last little bit and i i know you're a nice guy so i don't know why anyone would want to be mean to you um because <laughs> you can't
1: everybody can be tough behind a keyboard that's, that's
0: why yeah that's true too i guess yeah I, I might be one of those commenters right you just see me it's, <laughs> it's anonymity right you never know <laughs> yep um but yeah you're you're an awesome dude and i think i think it's it's awesome you. that you're doing what you're doing and you're finding success both online and in real estate um and like i appreciate really been on the show like uh this is uh kind of around this like a lot fun. of scheduling and you have football to coach right away so you're zipping right out of here <laughs>
1: well i got a showing then i'm going to coach football <laughs> right right well i to squeeze um, that one in first
0: yeah well you know you have to do both right um so <laughs> b- before i let you go um i i do want to just kind of give you the floor and talk about what you're doing or uh promote anything you want to promote
1: Well, if you're somebody who wants to learn about real estate, uh, that YouTube channel, Ball Prairie Real Estate is focused entirely to education, has nothing to do with look at this pretty listing and how awesome I am. Uh, (laughs) That's not all. I have a separate channel for listing videos, but this is entirely education and I've got playlists broken up for if you want to learn about condos, process of buying. I've got even a section where it's like little snippet videos, two minutes in and out type of things. So, that's uh, that's something I believe in. I believe in education and teaching people. And I want buyers to go into this with as much knowledge as possible and if they can learn something from my videos. That's awesome.
0: Awesome. Uh, any cool projects you have coming up in terms of like any videos or is that something we're just going to have to watch for?
1: You're going to have to watch for it. Um, like I said, I do have that one video I'm working on right now where it's a reaction to CBC's recent video about kind of some practices in real estate where some of it is accurate. I think some of it is very misleading. so I've kind of talked about both sides of that where where they got it right, and maybe where they got it wrong. And yeah, I have a big long list of educational topics that I want to cover. and I'm probably going to be doing a little bit more work with other agents in other areas of the country to talk about the differences that we're seeing. You know, the Toronto market is a whole lot different than the Regina market. And so it's interesting to see the way they operate. What are more market norms, you know, things that we do that are, we would consider as normal and standard versus what they do.
0: Wicked. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see uh, that and everything else you have coming up, man. And I appreciate being on again. Uh, Yeah.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, coming on.
0: Awesome. So thanks everyone for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, As always, this is available on YouTube, uh, Spotify, and other uh, streaming platforms Uh, and uh, look up for the next episode and go check Matt out. Everything's going to be in the description down below. So, Talk to you Thanks later. Very Thanks much again, man. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.